Welcome back to Welcome to Westworld on Post Show Recaps, talking about Season 3 of HBO's Westworld, Episode 3 of HBO's Westworld Season 3, The Absence of Field. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm with Joe Garfine. But Joe, who the hell is Tessa Thompson? We still don't know. Listen, as we sit here in week whatever of the Mm self-isolation, I'm um, questioning the nature of my own reality, so I'm not quite sure who the heck Charlotte Hale is in now. Or who anybody is at this point, as we're talking about week three of season three of Westworld. Joe, if you can believe it, we are almost at the halfway mark. The halfway mark is next week. I mean, I believe it and I love it because I do like a, a an intense short season. I, I prefer, think so too. I prefer eight episodes to 13 or, or so on and so forth. And I think that they took two years to make a very, very beautiful show that is so thought provoking. It just hits at the right time. Yeah. And this was a very cerebral. Not that, you know, the show isn't usually very cerebral, um, but this was a, a, a really like internal episode, which maybe is surprising because it was so much about whoever the new Charlotte Hale character is and what they are going through, yet not revealing this character's identity still. Like, that is still a mystery to us, although we'll definitely talk through a bunch of the possibilities here on the podcast today. And yet it was so effective, and I think that that's such a credit, um, sure, sure to the writing, of course, but primarily to uh, to Tessa Thompson as an, as, a, as an actress, as a performer. She just did such a great job because she's not only playing this new version of Charlotte Hale, like whoever, you know, Charlotte is these days, but is also like giving us some dimensionality to the OG Charlotte Hale, which was very unexpected to me. I mean, all hats off to Tessa Thompson and also to Evan Rachel Wood. I mean, we haven't had a Charlotte Hale specific episode yet. And we're in season three. Obviously, she's been acting her entire life and amazing. Uh, but I think both of them have elevated their performances in, in a way that is entirely impressive. Yeah, really, really impressive stuff from Tessa this week. Evan Rachel Wood, really great as Dolores this week and seeing um, a lot more of Dolores and Caleb together, a lot more Aaron Paul, RIP George, sadly, George the Robot, uh, smashed to smithereens. Very upsetting. (laughs) That was a very short-lived, disappointing trajectory for George. Well, the trajectory was impressive, right? Like, you know... (laughs) Push. It's really just like a sidestep and down goes George. I guess they're not that agile yet, those <laughs> robots. It was a worker drone, right? You know, maybe if uh, Maeve had hijacked him and put him into riot control mode, uh, that could have been the way to do it. I mean, I, I think we'll, we could get to this later, but the fact that, that George was alerted when Caleb was in peril... Yeah, to me, was super cool. And I think an indication of like the shape of things to come to use one of our favorite titles of our favorite show. Yeah, Uh, it could. Does it does it suggest to you like emotional attachment from robot to person? Uh, Is that something that's possible here with like these non host robots? That's what I think it's hinting at. Just as we saw the hosts become awake in seasons one and two of Westworld, maybe the new iteration of technology gets a consciousness. Hi, I've had coffee. Consciousness. (laughs) Yes, we're we're recording this early. We're recording this on Sunday morning. Joe and I are able to see the episode a little bit early. Uh, so we do not have feedback to get through uh, in this podcast. We do not have a feedback show planned for this week. So if you've got feedback from Season 3, Episode 3 of Westworld, specifically if you've got theories 
about who is running around as Charlotte Hale as that remains unidentified. We'll get into all of that for next week's podcast. So please send that in. Uh, Westworld at postshowrecaps.com is our email address. You can also tweet at us. I'm at Round Howard. Joe, who are you on the Twitter machines? I am at Joe Opinionated, which is the word opinionated with a J. With a J on the top of it. You can also send into our feedback form, postshowrecaps.com slash feedback or tweet at postshowrecaps. These are all valid ways of getting in touch with us. We'll get through all of your Charlotte theories next week. But I think for now, why don't we talk about some of our own? Let's talk about what we think is going on here in this week of Westworld, which is really divided between like Dolores kind of courting Caleb, um, Dolores sort of courting like Charlotte's sanity. I don't know what we want to... Charbot? Like, is that just easy for now? Like, how do you want to refer to her? Because she's obviously not Charlotte Hale. Or is she? Is that a possibility? Because doesn't this uh, this character say, like, it's like she's trying to rip me out of her body? Like, is Charlotte Hale still kicking around inside of there somehow? You know, I'm not quite sure because let's, let's go back a step. I had a question for you. At the end of uh, season two, when... Dolores Abernathy left Westworld in the Charlotte Hale body. Okay. Yep. My understanding is that the Dolores brain ball was in Charlotte Hale's was, was in Charlotte Hale's system. Correct. Which would indicate that Charlotte Hale was a host. Yes. No. So this is my, this is my recollection of how that goes down. Um, Bernard, uh, Bernard stops Dolores at the forge. Shoots Dolores at the forge. Yes. Um, Bernard is having uh, a moment with Elsie in the Mesa. Elsie has Bernard freeze his motor functions. Elsie goes to talk to Charlotte Hale to basically like kind of like set up a deal, an immunity thing. Like, I know what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Charlotte Hale kills Elsie. Bernard watches it. Bernard has this internal debate with himself that he believes is uh, actually Ford, but it's actually just himself coming up with the idea to get revenge against Charlotte Hale and the rest of Dallas and save the hosts. And that involves creating a new host body that is Charlotte Hale, a Charlotte Hale host body. He puts Dolores's pearl into the Charlotte Hale host body. Dolores, as the new Charlotte Hale, kills the actual human being, real Charlotte Hale, kills a bunch of the other Delos people, gets out of the park because it turns out Ashley Stubbs is a host and he lets her pass. And then she gets back into the real world. And the cold open this week was showing us like a little bit of what had come next that we didn't see. We knew that Dolores, as Charlotte, had escaped the park with five or so i think it's five pearls um and then she designed her own body brought her own original dolores form back to life and it seems put somebody in the charlotte hale body and we knew that there was somebody like walking around as the new charlotte hale at the end of season two when dolores brings bernard back online but we don't know who that charlotte is at that point and as of this episode we still can just only guess we can only guess who the new Charlotte is. The episode does not confirm one way or another who this character is, but I'm sure we've got a lot of thoughts on the matter. Well, follow-up question. If the Charlotte Hale skin suit that Dolores left Westworld in... Charbot. Let's go, let's Charbot. say Charbot's easy. Charbot's easy. Why did she create a new Charlotte Hale? Why didn't she use the existing skin suit? What did she do? Did she discard the one that she left with? That was confusing to me um, because they... So, so the episode begins with like a very clear Tessa Thompson replica being created in the Milky Goo. 
which I, I'm sure there's a scientific name for, but we'll just call it the Milky Goo. Uh, and then like it's showing like the the Bernard hideaway, right, where the body is like spinning back online. But that doesn't really make sense if she just escaped as Charlotte. So is this a continuity thing? Is this just like sort of some like filmmaking wonkiness where that body that's being spun online in the Bernard safe haven uh, is her creating her new Dolores body and they're just like juxtaposing that in a clumsy way. That's sort of how I'm reading it, but I guess it's possible that like she just burned the Charlotte suit and then made a new Charlotte suit. But why would you do that? Well, maybe we'll find out. I mean, gosh, we have a couple episodes left. (laughs) I guess like maybe she's just like making a ton of Charlotte bodies in case like uh, we need like backup Charlotte bodies. That's not the worst idea in the world. No. You know, maybe she's got like three different Charlottes running around. Can we talk about the brain ball situation and and who we speculate that Dolores brought back? Because clearly she has, she had, okay. So when, when, when Charbot left Westworld, yeah. she, there was the Dolores brain ball, obviously. Right. Um, Sh- Charlotte Hale didn't have a brain ball. No, Charlotte Hale's dead at that point. Right. So the new Charlotte Hale that we see in episode three of season three, we have no idea who is inside whose brain ball. Uh, my speculation, if you'll allow me an early theory, yeah. is that it is Teddy because there are very few people that Dolores Abernathy trusted in the park. And I, the way that the new Delo- the new Hale talks to her and has affection for Dolores, my best guess would be Teddy as opposed to Dad Bernathy. I, and I assume Dolores, one of the brain balls she brought was her dad. Um, and then she brought Bernard, obviously, which is the special color brain ball when she rebuilt him. Right. And so Charbot's th- like, why did you bring Bernard back? <laughs> right. It's like, everyone's got a role to play. Well, and then there's one brain ball unaccounted for then. So we just don't know. Yeah, so because uh, Connell's has a brain ball. Right. Connell's Who's? has been replaced. We don't know. We have no idea. Uh, so, yeah, let's count them out. So there's Dolores. So Dolores has herself. There's the Charbot. That's two. There's Connell's. That's three. There's Bernard. That's four. And then there's a fifth unaccounted for at the moment. Right. Yes. So, so we don't know. We don't okay. know who that is yet. Um, exciting. Um, well, let's go through the candidates. Let's let's look through like the the list. So so you're let's let's start with where you're positing. Teddy Teddy Flood James Marsden. Uh, he played Cyclops in the X Men. That's an <laughs> It's an inside joke for literally one or two people who are absolutely not listening to this podcast. Fantastic. Uh, my brother and I used to sing a song that uh, went to the effect of, here's James Marsden, he played Cyclops. And there was more to the song, but that was how it started. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry. I don't know why I'm doing any of that. Uh, so you're, you're speculating Teddy. And of course, Teddy uh, Dolores' uh, you know, longtime star-crossed love. Uh, he is uh, he is presumably in the valley beyond last we saw him. But we also are getting the sense this season that Dolores does know where the valley beyond is. Could she have like changed her mind, brought him back, decides like she really needs him for this. But then Teddy would have had to have had a pretty big change of heart because he offed himself because he couldn't tolerate what Dolores was doing. Speaking of that, I think one of the big clues that Teddy's brain ball is inside Charlotte Hale is that she was self-harming. And right. as you know, the last we saw that Teddy offed himself. And so we haven't seen very many, besides Stubbs, we haven't seen any of their hosts try to kill themselves. Right. Right. So it could be Teddy. Uh, it could be Teddy. Teddy certainly is somebody who Dolores has always said, like, 
you know, I, you're very dear to me. Like, at, like in season two, she's saying, like, I know how this story ends. It ends with me and you. So is that story over or is it actually ongoing? And has Teddy been brought back online in the form of Charbot? Uh, I have a, I have an interview up at THR.com slash Westworld right now with Tessa Thompson um, talking about, uh, like, sinking her teeth into this role this year and how there's a lot of uh, compelling possibilities that are presented by playing a character like Charlotte, where you don't know who she is right now. She could be a man. Uh, like there's a real gender bending uh, element that could be at play here on on the show. And whether or not that's what's happening with Charbot, uh, that's just a possibility. Uh, she goes at length into into sort of like the the identity issues uh, that are that are being explored here on Westworld that she's really psyched about just as a human being, let alone as an actress. Uh, so I, I highly recommend the read. I think uh, you'll, you'll enjoy what she has to say about all of that. I will say what threw me off the scent of thinking it was Teddy inside of Dolores is that the smoking, because I know, I don't know if we've seen Tessa Thompson's character smoke in previous seasons of Westworld, but my first thought was, oh my God, what if it's Teresa Cullen? Right. We did. I think we did see her smoke once. I think we okay. see, I think we see her smoke in that uh, scene where she's boinking uh, Hector Escaton. Right. And, and she has Teresa come down. So she is smoking there. Well, let, let's talk about the possibility that it's Charlotte, that it's Charlotte herself. Um, because if if Dolores has access to the Valley Beyond and uh, Ciroc seems to be interested in finding Dolores because she has that information um, and presumably maybe still has like the secret project from Delos. So maybe has like all of that resurrective data. Then you assume that if that's correct, then Dolores does have that like human resurrective data. Did she bring Charlotte Hale back? And has she somehow like found a way to like, engender charlotte's uh loyalty like now that you're like me do you understand why i'm fighting the war that i'm fighting or would charlotte not be that easily convinced but whoever is running around as charbot at the very least tosses out um the possibility that it feels like she knows i'm inside her body and wants to rip me out Charbot, if it's not Charlotte Hale, actually uh, is positing the possibility that Charlotte Hale is somehow still alive within this skin suit. It's interesting. I I saw a switch uh, mid episode. So when she was when the new Charlotte Hale was uh, self harming and questioning her, you know, the nature of her reality, and she went and demanded to see Dolores, and they met in the in the hotel lobby. I don't know what Dolores, if anything, did to her before she went to sleep, but when she woke up. Predator mode was activated. Charlotte mode was activated. It was like, it's like she got a, a, a shot of Charlotte Hale and it was like that part of her that she'd been fighting. It's like she embraced it and you notice she was wearing white before and then she changed into black. And there is a great thing going on this season with there are two sides. One is light, one is dark. Totally. With the dress that um, Maeve wears is white and you have Dolores in black and then you had Hale in white changing into black. These are very much by design. And so I just thought there was a definite switch. At least Tessa Thompson played it that way after meeting with Dolores. Totally possible. Absolutely a possibility on the board. Um, let's talk through some more because this is fun. Um <laughs> So, so we, we have the possibility that it's Teddy, I think, is a very strong contender. Uh, I think Charlotte herself, it's a little harder for me to see like how she gets her arm twisted into being on board with Dolores. Though, what we do learn in this episode at the end, and I thought this was a cool reveal, uh, is that uh, there's a mole within Delos, right? And Charlotte, uh, Charbot is like investigating this, only to come to realize, 
Oh, I'm the mole. <laughs> exactly. Like, that was Charlotte's awesome. the mole. That was great. That was great. And I thought whoever that is plays a, you know, does a really good job playing a part opposite uh, Ciroc when the two of them have the meaning of the minds. Um, so whoever this is, is somebody who is like amped up to play parts, is somebody who is good at playing parts. Teddy, uh, maybe like the duplicitous nature is not such his wheelhouse, but we've seen um, abilities be augmented before. We've seen literally Teddy's abilities be augmented before. Uh, so it's not impossible that he's just been augmented further. But somebody who we've seen have a lot of augmentation in the past um, is Clementine. Uh, yes. And Clementine is somebody who was really tight with Dolores in season two, even though Clementine is more of like a husk of herself, right, in season two, where she's kind of like in full-on zombie mode. But she's part of like the Wyatt squad. Um, and I think it's worth noting that whoever is running around as Charbot has a fairly big reaction when uh, she learns that Maeve Malay is not at the park, right? That Maeve's pearl has been taken when they're doing the inventory. These two guys come to Charlotte or Charbot and say, um, Maeve's not there, the, the madam from Sweetwater. And it's Charbot who says Maeve Malay has a reaction. Teddy would have that reaction because Teddy and Maeve have interacted before. Um Charlotte Hale, I think, would have that reaction as well, because Charlotte Hale is aware of of Maeve, depending on uh, at what point in time like they have like Charlotte's memories. Uh, And certainly Clementine would be very hip to who Maeve is at that point. That's it. That's an excellent twist. And I kind of dig it because I was thinking, let's say it's Teddy, Teddy's brain ball inside of Charlotte and that scene where. Charlotte, new Charlotte has to realize she has to really um, make her ex stop questioning her by making out with him. And I was like, right. okay, well, right. if it's Teddy, he's got to adapt. Right. Um, but if it's Clementine, it would probably be a little easier. I'm just saying. Right, right. Teddy might be able to do it, though. You know, it's, uh, he's just a robot. Who knows? Totally, totally. Yeah. But I thought, oh, that's interesting. I like it. I mean, obviously, in the future, I think there's more fluidity anyway. Sure. And you're a robot. You're just going to go with it. Um, I think that's just so interesting. But it seems like the entire Hale history wasn't uploaded. So maybe after she met with Dolores, she just sort of got, got started remembering it. There's something that happened when they met that we didn't see. Right. Yeah. Whatever's whoever's inside of the Charbot, even if it's Charlotte Hale, there are pieces of Charlotte that are missing because we do get the, the You Are My Sunshine, My Little Sunshine song that clearly Charbot is not hip to. Uh, with her with her son Nathan, uh, but clearly is like the tell when she plays the the, the four voicemails together that that's like the hey we're calling for you. Uh, that's and so she's like, clever. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, you need me. I'm the boy. I'm, I'm loving the future tech between the the self driving Ubers and the <laughs> you know uh, the glasses that they put on Jerry in episode one. So the glasses they put on um on New Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, in the end here, obviously it's for hologram purposes. That's the future, but also if she looks really good in glasses. That's an aside. Yeah. Um, but I want to talk about Ciroc for a minute. If he has 38% control of Delos shares, it's like a two decade long con. Yep. How can he not be aware that Charlotte isn't Charlotte? Do you think there is a, a reality in which he does? He knows everything, but maybe he doesn't know this. It's possible that he can sense that this isn't Charlotte and it's to his advantage to let things play out for a little while. True. Or or it's possible, and this is why he's like so alarmed, and certainly like we saw from him last week that he was coming for Maeve very specifically thinking that Maeve was in the Dolores seat, right? Like that Maeve had done the things that Dolores had done, and then clearly finds out that that's not the case. So maybe his intel as it comes to the hosts isn't quite where it needs to be. Um, maybe that is part of his uh, his his weakness here. One of his blind spots. 
For sure. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see Palm Clemente again. I think I've mispronounced her name, but I just thought Marvel Reunion, we had Mantis and Valkyrie. That's all mm-hmm. I thought. Um, <laughs> but I hope she recurs because I just really like seeing her. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Uh, what does she say to Charlotte? She's like, I hope we can be friends. You work for him? You work <laughs> like, for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shouldn't you know that? We've probably interacted before. Uh, so that's interesting. I, I, I want to keep talking about who could be Sharbot because I think, I think that it's really fun to go through the list of characters and try, and try to apply it. Because um, here's, here's like, all right, so like, we're thinking about like every single possible character in the Westworld canon to some extent I think is worth considering. Um, what are the possibilities that it is, if we're saying that like it could be a human Right. And it could be it could be Charlotte herself um, inside of the body of Charlotte. Uh, That supposes that Dolores has access to some of the human consciousness that has been uploaded over the course of that experiment at the park. What if a younger version of a certain human character has been recorded by Delos? What if a version of a character who went on to become quite the nasty piece of work uh, but at least once upon a time had very strong feelings towards Dolores, uh, came online as part of this mission with Dolores. What if it's the Jimmy Simpson version of William, the man in black? I love that. That totally makes sense to his fidelity to her. Uh, wow. Nice one. Young man in black. Good curveball, Josh. Knows a little bit about Delos at this point. Granted, that would be a few decades removed, so you got to brush up your Shakespeare, but could play the part potentially. And if you are mapping him at a point in time where he is, uh, you know, close to like still like having a real fondness for Dolores and like that period of self discovery, and like she catches him up to speed, maybe he's like, oh man. Yeah, no, I'm totally on your side. And then that makes whatever uh, eventual confrontation between uh, Sharbot and the man in black very, very awkward and cool. What if you are right? And then after she naps at the hotel, she wakes up in full old man, William, man in black mode. That's why she becomes the predator and she becomes ruthless. Yeah, that could be. It could be. What did you think of that scene, too? When Ugh. when when Sharbot kills, uh, I forget the name of the guy. The dude uh, at the park. Yeah, the dude at the park. And she's like choking him out. And it seems like she's having like these feelings of like, what am I doing? I don't feel so great about being part of this mission. Like whoever it is, that is also something that's worth pointing out, that this person seems to have a soft side, uh, that this is somebody who, to some degree, does not feel great about like the militant warpath that she has been placed on. That would certainly apply to Teddy. Uh, I think that would certainly apply to Clementine, to Charlotte, if she's like, I don't know that I should be doing what I'm doing. Maybe not so much for William. Uh, so, so maybe that's not a great application for William. Uh, but then she starts squeezing this guy's throat because he's obviously uh, a very bad dude who wants to do terrible things to Charlotte's son. Uh, and as she's squeezing his throat, she's like, you know what? I was starting to forget who I am, but I kind of remember now. I think another, I got it. Another case for this being William's brain ball is that knowing or if he has con- if he has a memory of him killing his own daughter in the park, he would go at any cost now realizing his Charlotte Hale has a, has a child to protect right. that child. Right. Right. Uh Yeah. That's absolutely it. That could that could very, very be there. Um, this is fun. <laughs> so who else is out there? I mean, like, could it be Hector? Sure. Like, it could be Rodrigo Santoro, but he doesn't really have any closeness with Dolores. Neither does Armistice. Um, so, like, I think, like, you can mostly rule out people who don't have a big connection to Dolores. I think, like, Hector could be Connells is a possibility. 
right? Like, cause he's like very militant. Like he's, you know, he seems like he's pretty hip to the, uh, like security training. So could it be, you know, a character like that or armistice or, um, Angela, right? Is that the name of the, uh, one of the hosts from, uh, back in the day? Um, I guess it could be anyone, but I feel like they wouldn't, they would give us someone more in her squad and her, in her purview. And Angela was part of her purview, but I just don't think it would be uh, like Tallulah Riley was great, but I don't yeah. think that it would be uh, like a huge reveal. Like Clementine would probably still be like kind of a softer reveal, but like Clementine's much more of a main character than Angela was. Right. Like An- Angela being Connell's, I'd be totally on board with. Like that would make some sense to me. Yeah. Um, Akechida? Ooh. So, like, we're talking about how if Dolores has access to the Valley Beyond and she plucked out Teddy, right? Why couldn't she pluck out a Ketchida as well? And while they don't have uh, an intense closeness necessarily, uh, a Ketchida always had an eye on Dolores as the death bringer. Uh, a Ketchida is one of the most woke hosts to begin with. If he's being brought back with this mission to, to do something about, um, uh, about host kind versus humankind... Might a Ketchida be interested in in teaming up with Dolores, or is that just like, nah, he wouldn't he wouldn't want to play ball with her. I'd put him on the board, but lower down yeah, on the I list. Would too. Yeah, yeah. What about? So we know that Dolores built Bernard. Uh, yes, we know that Dolores built Bernard in a couple of senses. We know that she brought him back in at the end of season two into our world, but we also know that she was an instrumental part of the design of him back in the Robert Ford days. Right. That, you know, she knew Arnold better than anybody. So Ford leaned on Dolores to bring Bernard online with the uh, with the Arnold components to like make him closer to uh, to make Bernard closer to Arnold. What if Dolores made somebody new who is also based on Arnold uh, and there is like a new Arnold that is stalking around in Charbot mode? I like that idea a lot. Because it just it opens up so many windows of possibility. Well, you you have been the one on the mountain uh, bellowing the theory of uh, Charlotte being Charlie uh, Arnold's uh, child once yep. upon a time. Uh, so this would uh, this would this would match those things, right? Here's Charlie as a new Arnold. Uh, like there is a way to connect that if that were the case. Absolutely. And when her ex called her that, I was like, okay, okay, come on now. It is Charlie. I'm telling you, I, I have a photo, you guys, a, a picture of the, the actor they had playing Bernard's, quote, child, and a picture of Tessa Thompson, and they look exactly alike. And I will share it in post here. Recaps can retweet it because it is, I'm sticking on that mountain that I believe, and this will help if, if there's a showdown in the end, and maybe there's a reveal. Bernard and Charlotte, you know, used to be related when they were alive. I, I'm still going to stand on that mountain, man. All right. So, the, so there's some possibilities out there. Uh, just to go over some of the ones that we've thrown out. It could be a new Arnold. Uh, it could be, hey, Arnold. It could be a new Arnold. We keep talking about Arnold on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> I think this is three weeks of Schwarzenegger talking in a row. Uh, so it could be a new Arnold. It could be Teddy. Uh, it seems like a pretty popular pick. It could be Clementine, I think. Also, like uh, when Charbot is brought online, like and she's looking in the mirror, like she kind of touches her face. Like was that similar to the to the Clementine uh, reverie? Like I thought maybe a little little similar to that. Nice. Uh, I think it's something that's worth uh, weighing in on. Uh, so those are those are four possibilities. There's a young William we have tossed out as a possibility as well. 
so a, a bunch to a bunch to chew on. We haven't really talked about. Uh, could it be Dad Bernathy? Could it be her father? Um, you don't seem to be too hyped on that possibility. I don't know why. I just didn't get that sense that that because just from the, the what we know of Dad Bernathy, I didn't see anything that reminded me of him in the new Charlotte. Right. But who knows? I'm wrong all the time. One thing that I think is worth thinking about is so when when Dolores and Charbot meet at the hotel and Dolores is going to bring Charbot upstairs uh, and she rents a room and she rents the rooms on either side of the room uh, and Charbot says, so no one will notice if you kill me. And Dolores says, it's not going to come to that. But that answer is not entirely soothing, is it? No, <laughs> no it is not. And it, it, to, it's to not going to come also, to that. that also like, indicates, it does not mean like I'm not not willing to do that. Exactly. It also indicates that person knows exactly who Dolores is and has right. potentially been killed by or been involved with murder before. Right. So uh, somebody who knows Dolores that well, but also somebody who maybe Dolores is willing to kill for the greater cause. And uh, are there people on the list that we would rule out of that? Like, is there a world where she kills Teddy for the greater good? She's already changed him dramatically once. Uh, She was horrified when he died. Would she let go of him again? Um, And also, what is death to a host? Like, you kill him, you bring him back online, you just start all over again. Right. The only conceivable kill to me that she would never make is her dad. Right. So I just feel like she's holding on to that special brain ball and we're going to see him in another figure soon. Um, is there anybody else who we haven't mentioned that you would consider for uh, who is running around as Sharbot, Or do you think it's one of those people? I think it's one of those people. I, I hope to be proven wrong because it's enjoyable, but I do think it's one of those people. All right. We want to hear your theories for for next week's podcast. I think it would be really fun to get into. So send them our way again. Uh, We're not finishing up. I'm just reminding you. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback uh, or Westworld at postshowrecaps.com or hit us up on the social meds at Rand Howard at Joe Pinionated at postshowrecaps. We should talk about everything that's going on with Dolores and Caleb this week, Joe, because uh, we're now getting much more of a sense of like what the what the future world entails uh, for people like you and me and all the rest <laughs> of us listening to this podcast uh, that you are like the, the predictive algorithms that like insight is responsible for and everything like that. And Rehoboam, um, it, it like charts out what your likeliest outcome is and then like locks you or like moves you into places based on those predictions and because of those predictions they're like ensuring that their predictions are going to come to life like it's it's what Sirach says like history finally has an author uh so like things aren't being left to chance caleb is not getting lucky breaks because caleb has been deemed damaged goods so he's basically just in the trash heap how depressing it is it's it's utterly fascinating and quite clever and terrifying um also just the fact that if you notice in every scene at night, especially the streets are empty. It's eerily familiar right now. Um, yeah. I'm assuming there's some kind of controlled curfew in place. Um, but cl- with talking about Caleb and Dolores, I'd like to talk about the fact that the episode starts really with Caleb saving Dolores and ends with her saving him. I also yeah. love that because she couldn't stop Teddy from killing himself, but she can stop Caleb. So yeah. there's a the, the, this version of Dolores is so has learned from her mistakes or is trying to learn from them and is so advanced. But I like the parallels a lot with Teddy and Caleb. And I don't necessarily know or want them to be romantic, but I think that um, 
people of this quality. So when you have an Aaron Paul working with Evan Richardwood, I just think it's fantastic and they work so well off each other. Yeah. So here is another reason why I would love it if Teddy is Charlotte, uh, because then you have a love triangle between Dolores and Teddy Charlotte and Caleb. <laughs> yeah. So it's like kind of a love quadrangle, but it's weird. Very modern. It's a thruple. Very modern. And I'm here for it. I'm very, <laughs> very like future modern, I think would be would be great. Um, yeah, we learned a lot more about Caleb this week. We learned that, uh, you know, his his mother had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. He keeps uh, checking in on her at the hospital. She doesn't know who he is. She doesn't recognize him. Uh, he tells the story or really Dolores tells the story about what happened to Caleb when she abandoned him, uh, his mother uh, and uh, how he threw up the strawberry milkshake over at series regular. The other Westworld podcast that I do over at The Hollywood Reporter, uh, my co-host Mariah Gullo and I spent a lot of time talking about the strawberry milkshake, so we don't have to regurgitate that here. <laughs> Good uh, one. I've already ruined strawberry shakes for the series regular audience. If you don't listen to both podcasts, I won't do the same for you, or I at least won't double down. Uh, go listen to the series regular podcast, though, please. We would greatly appreciate your subscriptions and star ratings and reviews. Um, but Caleb is, is we're, we're learning more about who he is and how... Um, like insight has the score on him, right? Like his social standing, uh, like his mental abilities, uh, the likelihood that he is going to take his own life in 10 to 12 years. Uh, and this not only makes him angry, he says, I'm enraged. He's so furious about this. That was such a great scene. And you could just, Aaron Paul, like he, you could feel it on the screen when he was talking. It was incredible. Yeah. I I love this episode too because, like Dolores said in the end, he is unpredictable. So he's a perfect person to work with when taking over the system. Yeah. I love the scene in the ambulance because he, Caleb takes over. He obviously has extensive medical training from his time in the military. And then I was thinking about the military. Was he recruited because he was in the system? Because his mother was, um, you know, unavailable to him. And is that how? the the future the terrible future we're looking at works that's something i had to think about yeah no that's interesting i mean yeah i think like probably people are like molded in certain directions so that would make sense it's like oh he could be muscle right. uh, i think i think i i wrote this down let me see if i can if i can pull it up is like what they said about what his like job prospects were at the very best um they say yeah, I'm pretty sure I have it written down somewhere, but I have it written down in such a terrible. Uh, OK, yeah. So they say he's restricted to his occupational score is pretty low and it's restricted to manual and physical labor. Um, so like if that's the case, then like if there's like militaristic recruitment, like maybe they're just like, oh, this guy will be a good grunt. Right. It seems like he was in the military and for reasons unknown to us, except probably leading to Francis, he's put in construction upon return from his service. Um, but what's interesting to me, and I'm going to get into conspiracy theory time alert, uh, the flashbacks, the brief flashbacks we have with, with Caleb and Francis indicate possible black ops missions. They are not in uniform. Yeah. And I don't know because I am not an expert, but it seems like in some of the brief flashbacks, because I paused the screen, it looks like it's potentially in Russia or that part of the world. Okay. And I think it's not a coincidence that the name that Dolores took on in the new world is from a girl from Kiev. Right. So I'm just saying everything by the show is so meticulously designed that there is a, a weaving of a thread that we have yet to see revealed. Okay, that's interesting. One thing that's that's been pinging on on my radar as a possibility, and man, I hope it's not the case. But I'm j just Westworld kind of like gets you nuts, and like you can't help but like think about some of these things. Is Caleb a host? Is Caleb a robot? Because like his mother doesn't recognize him, 
is there a reason for that? Is this not like actually like his mom? Is Has he been programmed to think in a certain direction? Is it possible that he is not a human being? Um, or is it just even possible that he's not who he thinks he is? Is that a possibility too? Right. I love that. I thought about that too. And like you, I hope it's kind of not the case because I think like a lot of viewers, we don't want everyone to be a host. Right. It is interesting to have Aaron Paul in this new world as the most human of everyone we've seen. But I want to talk about his military grade drip, which yeah. is the grill the, inside the of the palate expander. Yeah. Palate expander. It's off. And he mentions this in episode one. So does everyone have the ability to turn off their drip? Is it a military situation? Because I feel like it's, it is a control. And is it a control by insight? Is it military only? Obviously, they said it was of high value. Why was he able to turn his drip off? Yeah, good question. Um, and like, what happens if he turns it on? Does it turn him into like a Terminator? Like, is he just like, does it like put him in like mega badass mode? Yeah, I just think it's so fascinating and one of the coolest things of this episode. Um, in the the feedback show that I did with the great uh, survivor player and robot scientist Christian Hubicki, uh, he tossed out a theory that I think uh, you and I haven't talked about, but I think is one to keep an eye on is what if. You know, like how they have those like uh, how how um, uh, Jerry in the in the first scene uh, of the season, he goes to sleep and he puts like a wafer in his mouth uh, to, to put himself to sleep. Uh, are these like are these drips Are these things that people are literally ingesting? Are they controllable? Um, and Dolores being somebody who can control robotics and, and technology in this way, is it something that she's going to be able to control? And Christian's thought uh was his prediction for the season is Dolores is going to remold humanity to literally like basically program them to look at hosts like gods and start worshiping the hosts as gods. Is that something that we could be looking forward to with the drips? Once once he incepted that in my brain, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Well, it's fascinating. At this point, she's going to have as much money as Ciroc at the rate she's going. And, you know, I love, I call them digital communions, which is the, right. the, the, the wafers that everyone's taking. It seems like there are different versions of drugs in them. She could easily take over a pharmaceutical company, take over control of that. And maybe that's how it gets distributed, you know, uh, worldwide. I totally. tell Chris. Christian, I love that theory. I love it too. I now it's, it's going to be in my brain. I think it's a good. I think it's cool. I think it fits thematically with uh, you know we keep hearing the the recurring line in the in the marketing. Um, the new gods are coming, right? And they're very angry. Yes. Uh, so like, if we're really stressing this idea of the hosts transforming into godlike figures, uh, you can you can imagine the scenario where where that comes to light. Um, Joe with Dolores's interest in Caleb. How much is this that Dolores is like kind of surprised to find like a really good person? And so she sees potential in him and wants to team up with a really good human because it's like challenging her perspective on humanity versus she sees in Caleb somebody who she has encountered that has all of these stats on him where he's good for this type of work. He's good for this type of labor. He does not have a a long life expectancy. He has um, reasons uh, at least based on insights, projections and trajectories and Rehoboam's insight into the character that he will take his own life at some point, that he's depressed, um, that he's looking for something real and true. How much is it that Dolores is just looking at Caleb as like another fleshy shield that she can like throw at the problem? Like is Dolores actually 
you know, recruiting Caleb to a good cause here and like actually trying to like bring him into something that's going to matter for him because she sees true, like literal soul value in this man. Or is he just a weapon? Is he just like another thing? Is she just another person who's using this poor guy? I kind of see it as both. I think that Dolores Abernathy is very rarely surprised. Um, and I think this is probably the first time in at least nine months that we know of that she's been off island, um, that she's met someone who could possibly be a, a quote unquote friend. I'm not sure Dolores is able to have friends, um, but also, but he does serve a purpose. My favorite line is it's not about who you are. It's about who they'll let you become. Yeah. And that is obviously the crux of the entire season. And so I think she can mold and shape and help him develop into who she needs him to be. Oh, I hope so. I would rather it be that than her be like, yeah, you're just another dude. Yeah. And, and people are bad because that's when Dolores takes the full heel turn, I think. Right. Um, and don't, don't be mad that. at me, shippers, but I want no romance. I hope that they just work together. I yeah, just, be, I'd be I'd be happy with that, too. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else from this episode, Joe, that you want to touch on? Why would they specifically show us at Delos, which, by the way, that scene with Charlotte and her heels walking up, that they made 300 riot control transformer bots and right. they're at the ready. So this is obviously something that Dolores and uh, controlling Charlotte Hale has at her ready. Then I feel like right. if Dolores is starting her revolution now, she has 300 riot control transformers. Does that your understanding too? like this is a Dolores thing? Oh, yeah. Like every time like Sharbot at uh, Delos is like, sweet, these uh, riot control units are definitely going to come in handy. Like, that's not good. You know, oh, no. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I think the line is. All right. So we've, we've made 300 of these. Uh, Saudi Arabia was going to was going to buy them, but they failed since the incident at the park. We're working on new buyers. And Charlotte is like almost like pinching the thing's cheek. And she's like, I'm sure we can find some use for them. Uh, so, yeah, this is absolutely like this is why Dolores needed Charlotte installed at Delos to have somebody as Charlotte installed at Delos uh, so that she could be making things like 300 riot control robots. Uh, this thing looks pretty intense. Uh, this robot is going to kick some serious butt if it's allowed to. So great. I just overall want to talk about that the, the look and feel of this episode, as much as episode one, this is clearly not only my favorite episode yet, I've only, there's only been three, but one of the, my favorites so far because of the Charlotte Hale focus, but it had a Terminator Blade Runner feel with a Game of Thrones score. I know that Ramin Jawadi does the score for both shows, but Dolores turning Terminator in that ambulance, um, this the the streets, the technology it had a Blade Runner feel. The the tone, I just thought this was a really cinematic, beautiful episode of television. Um, one other thing that I think is worth talking about is in the final scene with Charlotte and Serac. Um, Serac says, uh, you're not the only asset that I have at, at Delos. She says, you don't think you're the only person under my control, he says to her. Um, who else would, would he have on his payroll at, at Delos that we would know? I think it would literally just be like Irene. The woman who keeps coming to the Charlotte this lady? episode, yeah. I, I, I maybe I didn't hear Dallas. I just assumed he was talking about Maeve. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah. He says you don't think you're the only person under my control, so yeah. So maybe it's just the information he's got from Maeve. Um, otherwise, I was going to say like maybe it's the Man in Black. We haven't seen the Man in Black yet. Man in Black still off in the future somewhere. Ed Harris getting paid and not having to show up to work. Pretty cool. Good uh, deal. That, that reminds me, I forgot to ask you when when Dolores said to Charlotte, "You have to visit an old friend." It was a threw threw me off because that's not Ciroc, because even though Ciroc thinks Charlotte and him go way right. back, I think she's talking about Man in Black. I assume in the next episode that Charlotte Hale is going to have to visit William. 
in some some way, shape, or form. Which is crazy if the theory that uh, young William is Charlotte yes. pans out. How rad would wild. that be? Young William meeting They're old crazy. William in a different body. <laughs> That'd be pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> that would be crazy. All right. Uh, so a lot to chew on here. Uh, week three, episode three. Again, recording early. So no feedback. Uh, no feedback show planned this week. We've got a ton happening on post-show recaps right now. Walking Dead recap is available for your ears as we speak. Uh, Better Call Saul. Antonio and I are going to get back together and talk about uh, episode seven of season five coming your way very shortly. Uh, the Lost podcast with Mike Bloom continues full force. We're up to the 23rd Psalm, Joe. Love it. Uh, the, the Mr. Echo episode is on its way. Uh, and uh, we have we recently had a, uh, a movie podcast. Rick Devins and I from Survivor uh, got together. We talked about The Hunt, written by your friends and mine, Joe, Damon Lindelof and Nick Cuse. Uh, ridiculous movie. Uh, <laughs> not for everybody, but I actually liked it so much more than I expected to. Uh, I haven't kind- watched it yet. Yeah, I don't know that I would recommend it. It is very violent. It is like shockingly violent, but it's got an incredible Betty Gilpin role. Uh, one of the one of the best main characters in any action movie I've seen in a very long time. And I would love to follow that character through a lot of different stuff. Um, speaking of movies, focus up on your push or recap speed. Uh, something may be coming. Start of something new. Uh, they'll give you a clue. Uh, in addition to the fact that it has to do with movies, has something to do with a good friend of mine, Mr. Kevin Mahadeo, who has been my collaborator on a lot of superhero shenanigans in the past. Uh, we're locked down right now. We've got the ability to make some more podcasts than usual. So a thing that Kevin and I have wanted to do for a very long time, we're just going to do it. It's no April Fool's joke. That's happening this week. April Fool's is happening this week. Nobody do anything. Not allowed. You are not allowed to say anything that isn't completely serious on April Fool's this year. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down completely. Fair. Fair. I agree. Yeah. Joe, uh, did you launch the Joe show yet? Has that happened yet on Instagram? Yes. I'm failing at saving them. But yes, I I, <laughs> okay. I, I uh, did one episode. I'm just doing a weekly on Fridays uh, cool. interviewing different actors and people from different industries just to talk about pop culture and hope and positivity because it exists out there and it's a great escape for people. I interviewed Christian Brune from Orphan Black and Ready or Not, another great film that you guys should all rent right now. It is dark. It's gory. It's like if Knives Out had more blood is really yes. how I would describe it. It's a good way of describing it. I, I, I loved that movie too. Oh, that was so incredible. good. This yeah. Friday, I'm interviewing Jessica Nicole, who many of you know from Fringe. She oh, also nice. She's on The Good Doctor now, but I'm interviewing her because she's the queen of do-it-yourself. It's amazing. She makes her own clothes, her soap, her food. It's unbelievable. And she's a great, great presence on Instagram. So I'll be interviewing her next Friday. Awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, make sure to get some some cool Fringe scoops. If there are any unanswered <laughs> questions still on the board, see see what she can come up with. Got it. Alt Astrid. Yeah, uh, that's right. Alt Astrid was a great character. So great. Oh, my God. All right. We'll be back next week with more Westworld. We'll get into all of your feedback from this episode, if it still applies. Uh, postshowrecaps.com slash feedback. T, uh, Westworld at postshowrecaps.com is about to give you our Walking Dead email. You can email <laughs> us there, too. TWD at postshowrecaps.com if you're a fan of both shows. Uh, next week, it's called The Mother of Exiles, Joe. Oh, boy. Uh, so that's exciting. I I am loving this journey now more than ever because because we are at home and I have more time to think and more time to watch the episodes. So it's kind of it's kind of good timing if there is such a thing a light at the end of the tunnel. Totally, absolutely. All right. So uh, follow Joe on Twitter on Instagram as well at Joe Opinionated. Right. Yes. 
and at round howard on all of those places as well that's how you find me at post show recaps send your thoughts our way we'll be back next week talking about the mother of exiles take care everybody bye bye 